Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Shmuel Aleph, 1 Samuel, with the second chapter. The second chapter continues with the story that we had uh, begun in the first chapter, where we read the dramatic story of Chana and Penina, how Chana was childless, how she came to pray for a child at the tabernacle at the Mishkan in Shiloh, how um, when she left after her prayer, she felt she felt confident. She was no longer sad. We read how her sister tormented her, and uh, for uh, the fact that she had children and that Chana did not, um, and the suffering that Chana went through, the the fact that her um, husband did not understand, um, you know, her did not understand her 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 her, her need. Her her um, basic need to be a mother and 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 that he was not able to provide that that this is something that he was not able to provide. The way I explained it last time, and I'm going to continue on that theme this time, is that the essence of prayer is the recognition that ultimately true justice is up to God. When one pours his or her heart out genuinely in prayer, they recognize and realize and accept God's judgment. And this is what, what happened when Chana walked away from the tabernacle. The verses were very careful to teach us that Chana, once she poured her heart out and recognized and realized that this is not something that's going to come from her, uh, you know, from her husband. This is not something that's going to come from any other source on this world. This is not even something that she herself had control of, no matter what she can do. All she had in her ability to do was to promise to God that 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 if she had the opportunity to be a mother, that she would dedicate her child to God, that she would make sure that her child would be an honor to God and would live a life that would be an honor to God. This is the best that she could do. After that, it was up to God, and she walked out no longer angry, no longer upset, even before the 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 uh, what she had asked for was fulfilled. Now that she has a son and she bringing him back to the tabernacle so that he can study under the auspices and be raised in the holy environment of the tabernacle under the high priest Ailey. Now she is joyful because she's able to see the ark of good, the ark of justice. She finally got to the end of it. She experienced that victory. So we're going to read this famous prayer, the Shirat Chana, the song of Chana, the song which he sang upon uh, uh, that came from the pure joy of, of, of that she felt at this moment. M- most of the Shirot of the songs in the Torah are, 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 are the songs that one sings when one feels the victory, even though, of course, we all understand and we know that we must accept God's judgment. And Chana was able to um, release her her pain and live with the confidence, knowing that 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 she and, and acceptance of God's judgment. But that's not the same exaltation that we feel when we actually see the Yeshua, when we see the salvation. So, for example, at the time when uh, uh, when the Egyptians' uh, army, which had been chasing and tormenting the the, the the people of Israel, were drowning in the sea, when they felt finally saw this salvation in front of their eyes, then the people broke out in song in the famous Shirat Hayam. Oh, the same thing we had in the last book we studied together in the book of Judges, the Shirat Devar. 
Devora was after the victory over Sisra, the victory over the the uh, those that their tormentors. Devora sang this famous song of Shirat Devora. Over here, this is a personal victory, of course. But Chana has a chance to sing. That's where the Shira usually comes from. That special kind of Shira is something we only feel when we actually experience that victory. That is the Shira Chadasha, the new song which the later prophets predicted we will sing when we see the final salvation, when we see that day, the one day in the future when the world finally unites in a unity of purpose under God, that we will sing a new song then because at that point we will feel that salvation, we will feel it. That's something a human being can only experience um, when when we actually see the salvation. Until then, when we still see the wicked uh, prospering and the righteous suffering, we can only accept. We can accept. We can be calm. We can continue to do our best and recognize that what God wants from us is proper behavior. So over here, we're going to listen to Chana's tefillah. She prayed and she said as follows. It's interesting that it uses the same word for the prayer here that it used for the prayer when it discussed the prayer that she prayed when she was desperate and childless and wanted the help of God. Vatomar, and she says as follows. My heart is rejoicing in God. My, literally this means my horn has been raised. Ramakarni is a way of saying my, um, my, um, my honor has been raised. My 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 victory has been declared. Rochav pi My mouth, literally, this means is is wide open against my enemies. Now, of course, the enemy that you would imagine her speaking regarding here is her co-wife Penina. Um, it's a little uh, um, disturbing because if you consider Penina the enemy. Uh, some of the things she says about the enemy in this song that we're reading together now may, uh, can be a bit unsettling. But I think it's important for us to recognize that I don't think this is directed directly at Panina. I don't think she wanted Panina to be harmed at all. She is just speaking in the fact that in general there are enemies. There are enemies, the enemies that taunt us, enemies that harm us, enemies that hurt us. And in general, those enemies have their time for downfall while I have my chance for victory. Because I am so happy now with your salvation, God. In Kadosh Kadonai, there is none as holy as you, God. For there is none other than you. This is very important. Uh, Chana is here declaring the basic tenet of monotheism. There is none other than you. Um, there is no other God other than you. And that only through that understanding could she have achieved the peace that she has achieved. There is no rock like our God. Tzor is something that can be relied upon, something that will, so, some an entity that can and will and does fulfill the promises. Don't keep on talking, all of you lofty, arrogant people. Yetzei atok mipichem. May that the arrogance be be removed from your mouth. Ki el de because God is a God who knows. 
He's a God who understands. He's not just a God that sits in a temple that you worship or that you bring sacrifices or do rituals for. God is a God that knows. He knows us. He understands us. And for him, he knows. He knows Alilot. He knows our plans. He knows our actions. He, it's set in front of him, those things that we do. God understands our actions. Again, a basic tenet of of, of Jewish belief laid out right here at very early stages where others, uh, some scholars would have you believe that these basic ideas were late inventions in Judaism, but we see very, very clearly here that they are very much not late inventions, but they were understood by those that really tried to understand them, such as Chana, that were understood early on in the development of the religion. Keshet Giborim Chatim, the the bows, these are the weapons, the bows of the mighty warriors, Chatim, are broken. And those who were falling in battle before, they are now girding themselves up with strength. In other words, we see, as we as the famous phrase in the Talmud, when one looks at the world to come, one sees a world that's upside down. Those that were strong and powerful and mighty and arrogant in this world, and later on, one day, they're going to be they're gonna they're gonna be at the bottom bottom of the heap. Those that were downtrodden and fallen, those are the ones that are gonna stand proud and tall. The ultimate sense of justice, the justice that we may not always see. And Hannah herself knew that and understood that and even at the time when she did not know if she was ever gonna see a child, this understanding that there is a sense of ultimate justice is so basic, so basic to the understanding of Judaism, which is being, which is, um, uh, which Chana is, pro, is is declaring such such basic ideas right here. Those people that used to have all the bread they wanted, now they are being hired out as work hands so that they can earn a few a few pennies in order to buy some bread to eat. And those who were hungry before, they are no longer hungry. Ad Akara Yalda Shifa, the woman who was an Akara who was barren without children, has now had seven children, Virabatpanim, and the one who had many children, Umlala, is now sad and, and has no more and is mourning her children. This is what I meant when I said disturbing if she's speaking about about um about Penina directly, but much more likely she's not speaking about Penina directly. She's just saying uh, she's speaking examples of those who were suffering before eventually getting getting justice and, and not suffering anymore. And those who are arrogant and, and sitting on top of the world before are, will one day be brought down. Adonai me misu God brings both death and life. Morid she'ol vayo'al. He brings people down into hell, but he also brings them up. Adonai morishu ma'ashir. God makes people poor and makes people wealthy. Mashpil af He lowers the arrogant and he also uplifts those that are humble. Mekim me'afar dal. He brings the poor person up from the dirt. Me'ashpot yirim evyon. From the garbage dumps. He lifts up the, those who are destitute. Lehoshivim nidivim. To place him together with those that are the... the um, the noblemen, the those that the, the society looks to for help, now the one who is in the dumps is now sitting with them. And he gives those that were sitting in the homeless shelters, he gives them a chair of honor. Because the the pillars, the foundations of the world are God's. It is God who set the world upon its pillars. 
This again is recognizing and emphasizing this very important basic theological idea that it was God as the creator of the earth. God, as as Hannah said in her words, knows and understands and cares about what's going on in this earth, and God has a plan set for real true justice. God takes care of those who who are faithful to him. But those that are Rishoim, those that are wicked, it doesn't say those that don't believe in God. It says that those that are Rishoim, those that are wicked and live a wicked life, they will end and die in darkness. A person's strength does not come from power, from strength. Those that argue, those that, that are enemies of God, um, they will be destroyed in the heavens God will will thunder against them will roar against them God will judge the ends of the earth he will give strength to his king and he will uplift the honor and 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 victory to his anointed one here we have Hannah laying out the idea of a mashiach an anointed one this is one of the first and earliest mentions of this concept apparently the concept of god's king and god's anointed leader who is going to bring about this time of justice who's going to lead the world at this time of ultimate justice is an ancient ancient idea going back hundreds of years before it was said out more clearly by the later prophets I'm going to stop here uh, and we'll continue with chapter 2 in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying uh, uh, the book of Samuel. Uh, this is uh, 1 Samuel 2a, the first part of chapter 2. Looking forward to studying the next part and the entire chapter 2 in book of Samuel together.